The following message contains a special offer for listeners of this station. Are you a man over 40? Are you constantly looking for the nearest bathroom? Do you wake up multiple times a night to use the bathroom? Right now, Perfect Prostate is sending out free bottles of their groundbreaking new formula to listeners of this station. Perfect Prostate formula was developed by medical doctor Mitchell Fleischer, and its ingredients have been clinically studied to reduce your frequent nighttime bathroom visits and promote healthy urine flow. Right now, preferred customers get their first bottle of Perfect Prostate absolutely free. There's nothing to lose. Perfect Prostate is guaranteed to reduce that constant urge to use the bathroom, especially at night, and promote healthy urine flow. Don't wait. Call now for your free bottle. Just pay shipping and processing. Dial 1-800-675-0251. That's 1-800-675-0251. Supplies are limited. One free bottle per household. Call now. Dial 1-800-675-0251. That's 1-800-675-0251. Every day, the men and women of the United States Marine Corps Stand ready to defend the American way of life. The few, the proud, the Marines. Hey folks, I want to introduce you to a friend of mine, Dr. Richard Harden. We are on the same mission, which is Waking Up America. We just have different paths. So stay tuned for some information on how you can keep up with Richard and all his work. Visit Richard's website at raharden.com. That's the World Wide Web at R-A-H-A-R-D-I-N dot com. At his website, you can see a summary of the six books he has written, where purchases may be made. He also has a link to 18 videos on YouTube and several blogs about Christian beliefs. If you prefer, visit Amazon.com backslash Kindle and type in Richard Harden to see and purchase his books. Individuals and businesses with tax problems, listen carefully. Do you feel like you're losing control over your finances? If you owe over $10,000 in back taxes or have unfiled tax returns, we can help you take back control. The IRS is the largest and most aggressive collection agency in the world, and they can seize your bank account, garnish your paycheck, close your business, and file criminal charges. Take control of your tax problems now by calling the experts at Tax Mediation Services and take advantage of the Fresh Start program and new laws that may allow us to negotiate a settlement for the lowest amount possible. Our team of tax attorneys and enrolled agents can stop collections and get you protected so you can take control of your financial future. Tax Mediation Services is accredited by the Better Business Bureau. Call now for a free case review and a price protection guaranteed quote. Call Tax Mediation Services now at 800-610-9050. That's 800-610-9050. around us is an amazing place filled with beauty and with science. But let's face it, sometimes science can be so confusing that it takes a PhD to understand it. Well, you're in luck. I just happen to have a PhD. Come and take a seat. Perhaps I can explain the world around us in a way we all can understand. Welcome, Welcome to Conversation, conversation science. science. I'm, I'm Dr. Judy Moore. Moore. Oh, 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 oh. 
Well, we have gone live. I'm so excited about this. I am Dr. Judy Elmore, and as my intro says, I do have a PhD. However, today I am going to leave anything and everything related to my PhD in the world behind me because today we're going to go into fandom. We're going to talk about Star Trek and Star Wars. But I'm not here alone. Jesse, who have I got with me? We've got Paul and Rick. And Rick's one of your other hosts, and Paul is evidently a fan of somebody on Twitter and found us, so I figured the more the merrier today, right? Oh, definitely. Definitely, definitely, definitely. So, basically, I have no idea what we're going to talk about and how this is going to work. We're live. We're in the chat room. I'm sitting here watching the Twitter feeds. It's going crazy over on Twitter at the moment. I must have started something. (laughs) And it's going to be wonderful and fun. But before we get started, why don't we figure out which side of this camp are we all sitting on? Star Trek or Star Wars? Me? Trek? I'm definitely Trek. And why? Let's face it. The stories in Star Trek are much, much better. You're also a writer, Doc. What was that? You're also a writer, Doc. You like a good plot line every day that's true that's very very true but what about you rick where are you sitting on in this debate believe it or not i am on the fence i am switzerland i actually have a mutual love of both uh it makes me an oddity apparently in the sci-fi community because usually star trek and star wars can't coexist but i actually have reasons that i like both of them from a pure science perspective i enjoy star trek a lot more uh for star wars it actually reminds me of some of the epics of old like beowulf and all those other great stories because it has more of that feel to it there the the good and evil uh, aspect is outlined more their heroes their villains so i mean one is pure entertainment the other one from a science perspective i mean in some ways you can say star trek has shaped our science because a lot of the things that we take for granted today were originally envisioned on that particular show and now they exist um so i mean i am literally on the fence so just call me switzerland i'm just saying (laughs) fair enough and what about you paul I, I tend to like a, uh, I like them both, but for kind of separate reasons. I really like a, uh, like in Star Wars, I think is a is a great uh, like the the characterizations of like uh, you take characters like Luke Skywalker, Han Solo from like four, five, and six, and how uh, how deeply interconnected like all that stories of like the personalities from character to character, which really like I think like what really made Star Wars what Star Wars really is. And on the other hand, I think like what I like out of Star Trek is a lot more about. Uh, like how, uh, uh, like I, again, like the storylines of like, I've been uh, like binge watching the, uh, the original series for the past week and, uh, like the storylines of like how, like Kirk and his team and how they, uh, like the problems that they come up with, like when they got to a new planet was just awe-inspiring. I love like every single episode. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Jess. What about you? Okay. Where are you sitting at? I like the plot in Star Star Trek better than Star Wars, but when I just want to forget the world for a couple hours, I turn to Star Wars and just suspend <laughs> disbelief and ignore plots and just watch the fight scenes and, you know, the whole good versus evil thing. Yeah, yeah. No, uh, that I will totally agree with. The fight scenes in Star Wars are so much better. 
I mean, if I sit down and I think about, say, Phantom Menace, the fight scene that's between Darth Maul, Qui-Gon Jinn, and Obi-Wan Kenobi. Oh, that was an awesome, awesome fight scene. My husband and I, we were sitting in the cinema and we were both going, wow, it's bow down to the Sith moment. But the actor who played Darth Maul, he's actually a fifth-arm black belt, so he didn't need a stunt person to come in and do the flips and the jumps for him. He knew what he was doing, and it was just awesome. You know, you don't get those in Star Trek. <laughs> no, it's just you don't. Brutal and yeah, not. Nah. <laughs> now, I was taking part in a science fiction chat yesterday, and one of the things that we were talking about By the was way, Doc. Yes, the phone lines are open. If anybody wants to call in. Oh, that's true. Can you please remind me what the number is? Because I've got no idea what it is. <laughs> Uh, give me just a second. I have to look it up myself. <laughs> I don't use that. Number. Oh, I got it. It's a, uh, it's 405-200-1715. Awesome. Or if you're an international listener and you want to join us on Skype, audio only, please. It's KLRN Radio, all one word. There's only, there are two accounts, but only one of them is online. So you want that the one that's true. Yes. online. <laughs> And, of course, we are hanging out in the chat room, so you can join us in any number of ways. Yeah, and we've got a few of us sitting there, which looks pretty cool. Um, oh, <laughs> we're getting there slowly. Right, yesterday I was taking part in a science fiction chat, and we were talking about how Star Wars in particular, because Rogue One has just come out, I don't know who else has seen Rogue One here. I know Jess hasn't, but what about you, Rick? Have you seen it yet? No, I have not been able to see it yet, unfortunately. And Paul, what about you? Have you seen it yet? I have not. I have my tickets to the IMAX at the Chinese Theater for tomorrow. So I, yeah, I'm really excited to see it. Okay, I won't give any spoilers really, really away then. I'll try really hard, hard. I will try really, really hard not to give any spoilers away. I will tell you this, though, in my opinion, it was better, much better than The Force Reawakens. Um, because, well, I was sitting there watching Force Awakens in the cinema with my son and my husband, and all three of us were like, really? Is that it? What? No way! Specifically you know, at the it, end, it was, or uh, just like throughout the whole movie? Well, quite a bit with that one. We were with that. It was mainly the fact that there was no plot, really, with the Force Awakens. It was just mm, the. But Star Wars, um, what the Rogue One actually had a story. It, it had an, a story that made sense, and you had, if you are a Star Wars fan, or if you've seen. The original series, that the one that went, you know, A New Hope, the original movie. If you've seen that, then you'll understand where this is coming from because it's all the stuff that happens just before that movie starts and it's going in about the Death Star and all that sort of stuff. It's, it's all that story and it makes so much sense if you've seen some of this other stuff and it's much more gripping However, 
there were so many fight scenes in it and we were sitting there going, please, 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 please. And, and that's something I have to admit that I like Star Trek better because they understand that we need a break from the fights, guys. We can't have constant fights. It's too much. <laughs> I don't know who they've hired to do the script writing for these things, but guys, wake up. <laughs> do something else. Yeah. But it was still good. It was a lot better than The Force Awakens. Much, much better. But in this chat we were doing yesterday, we were talking about the influences of Star Wars and how it's influenced us and our culture. And I was just wondering what you guys thought about that. Anyone want to oh, chime in? Star Wars. Uh, Star Wars. We were talking in particular about Star Wars yesterday, how Star Wars has influenced our culture. Mm. <laughs> oh, sure. Throw, throw me the hard one. Um, I, mean, I, I can see plenty of ways that it's actually influenced as far as our pop culture. I mean, a lot of the language of Star Wars has actually become a part of our vernacular. Like somebody tries to get you to do something you don't want to do and they'll pop off. Well, your Jedi mind tricks are weak, so no, I'm not going to do that. Or you see people all the time when they're trying to convince people to do something, they'll start doing the hand wave just as a joke. And they're like, you know, that doesn't work. This isn't Star Wars. As far as directly impacting our culture, I can't really think of anything off the top of my head. I think Star Trek has been a lot more prevalent in that, at least in ways that I can kind of quantitate. But as far as Star well, Wars, like the science of Star Trek is that we yeah. kind of have like uh, like we have iPads now and we have like smartphones and like we see those kinds of things that were kind of predated like uh, back in the Star Trek as a series. Yeah, no, definitely. It's I mean, I think things that I can. Those are things that I can quantitate. I mean, with Star Wars, it's a little harder yeah. to see exactly how it's directly impacted our culture. I mean, I'm sure it has, but it's it's not as easy to point out, well, if not for Star Trek, we probably wouldn't have smartphones or we wouldn't have iPads because those things were first envisioned there. Um, yeah, so, I, think I mean, it's, with Star Wars, it's a lot easier correlation to draw for me. Yeah, yeah. I, I think like in Star Wars, like, never, uh, like there's never been an, an, uh, like an instance of where someone has created like an entire universe and seeing so much of that universally take uh, uh, take form in art, like uh, there's no other institution I can think of that has more fan fiction, uh, more fan movies, more uh, uh, more material of stories that take place within this massive universe that was really created in Star Wars, in Star Wars specifically. I've got something that I think has invaded our culture from Star <clears throat> Star Wars. Do or do not. Yes. There is no try. Uh-huh, yes, Yoda, definitely, yes. Yoda. But what else is there? You seek Yoda. <laughs> Are you going to be playing nothing but sound effects today, Jace? I, hey, this is my one shot to use them. Well, that's true. That is definitely true. And she's, by the way, guys, she has had so much fun going through the internet and trolling through all these little snippets getting Star Trek and Star Wars little snippets and I'm actually a bit scared of what she's found because I'm sure there's some really really scary ones sitting there I think the scariest one I have loaded is this one <laughs> the rebreather <laughs> yep dark, dark Vader breathing 
Oh, yeah. No, Darth Vader. Darth Vader is awesome. I mean, if we think about Darth Vader for a moment, James Earl Jones, that is one voice that I think it doesn't matter who you are, even a little kid, if they hear that voice without seeing the picture, they just instantly go, Darth Vader, Darth Vader. They know that voice. What are you talking become- about? It's become incredibly <laughs> iconic, the Darth Vader voice, I think. I can't really see him in anything else anymore either. <laughs> Even though I know he's done other things, which is so much fun. I think this sound um, has also become iconic. The communicator. communicator. We were talking about the communicator with the smartphones and, and all that sort of stuff before. And in fact... How many of us have had a clam phone? A flip phone? Yeah. A clam yeah. phone? A, a flip, flip phone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, the clam. I had one. And hey, Doc, there was an episode, yes? In this country, we, use a call, we usually used to call them flip phones. Okay, fine. I understand, yes. For those who are just piping in to conversations in science, I live in New Zealand and I've been here since I was a little girl. So it's, yeah, I have some vernacular, which is definitely New Zealand and some vernacular, which is American. So it's a bit interesting and a bit fun, but hey, that's what happens. Anyway, I remember I was watching um, William Shatner when he was in Boston Legal. I don't know if anybody remembers this, And there was this episode where he was in the bathroom and then his phone went off and it was the communicator sound. And he did the flick, you know, the classic flick that that Captain Kirk would do whenever his communicator went off and he answered his phone. And I was just like, I've so got to have that because at that time I had the flip phone and it went off once when I was in a conference <laughs> and later that night at the conference dinner, somebody's going, who was the idiot with the communicator phone? And I'm like, this, yeah, it was me. And say, That's such a geeky thing to have. And yeah. Well, it's even more geeky. The fact that you actually recognized it. <laughs> it was just one of those moments. <laughs> So I I admit I've had a lot of fun with the sound effects for this show and I, and Rick can tell you I'm not normally a sound effects creature although I did did have a little fun last night on Rick and Robin on Robinson and Wright uh, it was it almost became the battle of the soundboards didn't it Rick Yeah but that's because we both had one so we were kind of both hitting buttons. <laughs> <laughs> Please no battle of the soundboards today. Please no battle of the soundboards today. All right, coming back to Star Trek versus Star Wars. You might have something good queued up too. (laughs) Coming back to Star Trek versus Star Wars. Do you have a favorite series of uh, of Star Trek? Like uh, the original series versus like uh, TNG versus Deep Space Nine? Yeah, I was just sort of getting there. My, My personal favorite for the original, for the Star Trek, is actually TNG. And it's because I remember watching it when it went live. I would have been in my teens when it went live. And and it became a family thing. We would sit down as a family 
and you'd have the classic, it starts up and then you have the space, the final frontier. And you'd have both, you know, have my mum, my dad and myself were sitting there reciting it word for word as, you know, Picard is saying it as well. And then we would start singing the intro, but we've, we weren't singing the the intro from TNG. We were singing the original intro, the one that that really horrible that one. And we would do it at the top of our lungs. And it was just it was a weekly thing that we do. And I think that's why I have probably more memories associated with Star Trek because we had those events. Maybe you can help me identify this. Space. The final frontier. That would be TNG. Yeah, that's, that's TNG because one, that's Picard, and that was the intro music for TNG. Yes. Thank you, <laughs> yeah, they actually took um, a variation of the theme from the Star Trek the Motion Picture, uh, and actually that was the opening theme for Star Trek the Next Generation. So. Which, yeah. by the way, in case anybody didn't know, the motion picture was originally supposed to be a series two that Roddenberry decided to turn into movies instead. Yes, I'm a Trek junkie. <laughs> well, that's why you're here, Rick. That's, that's amazing. Why you're here. <laughs> but here's something with the original movie. Okay, because I took a look. The original movie air it first went into cinema in 1979, so that's why I won't remember it because I was really little then. But you watch it, I can see why Star Trek fans went berserk on it. It actually was not very good from the sizing point of view. They got the sizes wrong. If you actually watch it, and yes, I'm a Star Trek nut that I actually watch it enough for that detail. The size of the astronaut who is actually doing his spacewalk, he's too big compared to the shuttles. And, he's, and the shuttles are too big compared to Enterprise itself. And Star Trek fans went nuts about this because they got the sizings wrong. And the producers from the movie, they thought people wouldn't notice. People noticed. <laughs> Trekkies no, noticed. Yeah. People, people definitely noticed everything. Let, let's face it, though. There have been... There have been issues like that all the way through Star Trek, like the episode that because they decided to run them out of order actually aired out once and the one where there was issues with the transporters and Kirk was trying to figure out how to get people home. But the week before you saw them use a shuttlecraft that didn't exist in this particular episode. And you're like, why aren't they just shuttling down to go get the people? I'm so confused. Yeah, but anyway. <laughs> Well, we have been joined by someone who is part of the KLRN family, but doesn't usually come on air. And that would be my husband, who his name is Dave. Dave. So. Hey, Dave. How are you? Doing all right, Doc. Yeah. (laughs) Sorry I'm running late. I caught a bad wormhole. That's okay. That's fine. Right. Before we get too carried away, which side of this debate do you sit on? Because we've got Rick on the fence. We've got Paul that sits, I think, more tricky. I'm more tricky. Jess is not quite sure. Where are you? Both sides of the fence. Uh, More Star Wars than Star Trek. Oh, 
oh, he likes more Star Wars. Okay, we're going to be rubbing our hands together. That's going to be fun. <laughs> yep. Yeah, it's going to be an interesting show, that's for sure. <laughs> okay, so we were talking about our favorite series of Star Trek. Mm-hmm. Do you happen to have one? For Star Trek, it is Next Generation. Um, Deep Space Nine was fun, but not nearly as good as Next Gen. And then Voyager was nice, but they flipped the concept of Star Trek of always exploring and going out where no man has gone before to, hey, we're trying to give back to civilization. So... It was different, but Next Gen was my favorite. Do you stop okay. there, or do you count uh, Enterprise? I only watched a little bit of Enterprise, and I've only caught a couple episodes of uh, the classic Star Trek. Oh, well, then you were missing yeah, out on something, because that Enterprise was actually really fun. I actually liked it. Yeah, but when the Earth got fr- threatened in like the first or second season, I knew they were reaching on the plot lines and on the writing. Mm, yes and no. I I can disagree. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but with Star Trek The Next Gen, you still had a lot of the good old school writing that you don't see in too many sci-fi or too many shows these days where you actually have like Shakespearean trained actors and actresses and writers and that's what was kind of the draw for Star Trek the Next Gen for me was it was classic theater telling you know theater just sci-fi <laughs> and exploring cuz Roddenberry Roddenberry was involved with all the series up till uh Deep Space 9 or was he also involved with Voyager he was involved in Voyager, but it was he he died. I think about partway into during, season two during the series, right? Yeah, it was very very early, and because the thing is, is one of the things that he always wanted in the original series, which he never got, is he wanted to have a bit of conflict amongst the crew. You know, they're coming mm. from different cultures, they're coming from different things. He wanted that conflict. But producers at that time didn't think it would be a good idea. But Voyager gave him the opportunity to do that when you had the Marquis joining with Starfleet. And he had that ability to do that conflict. It is unfortunate that he never got the chance to see it Uh, come to full fruition. Especially when they brought in the uh, Seven of Nine who had grown up in being as part of the Borg (laughs) Collective. With the Borg, yeah. But um, but you can't sort of control when you die, I suppose. Yeah. Because I think, like, the writing definitely changed dramatically, like, once he, uh, uh, once he passed away. He, like, obviously wasn't involved anymore. Like, Enterprise was a very, very, very it's a very different show. So, and like, everybody I talked to, like, a lot of, most people don't even really count it as part of the universe. I do. I mean, it's, it is the first long deep space exploration. And it'll be interesting to see with Discovery, because Discovery comes out next year. I am so looking forward to that. It'll be the first time I can sit down and watch something with my kids that's brand new that I've never seen before. Well, it's going to be so much fun. Guess what, Doc? 
It's the bottom of the hour. I can see that. We've got to play some ads, don't we? Yeah, we got to pay them bills. But we'll be back in just a few minutes, guys. Okay. <laughs> All right. The following message contains a special offer for listeners of this station. Are you a man over 40? Are you constantly looking for the nearest bathroom? Do you wake up multiple times a night to use the bathroom? Right now, Perfect Prostate is sending out free bottles of their groundbreaking new formula to listeners of this station. Perfect Prostate formula was developed by medical doctor Mitchell Fleischer, and its ingredients have been clinically studied to reduce your frequent nighttime bathroom visits and promote healthy urine flow. Right now, preferred customers get their first bottle of Perfect Prostate absolutely free. There's nothing to lose. Perfect Prostate is guaranteed to reduce that constant urge to use the bathroom, especially at night, and promote healthy urine flow. Don't wait. Call now for your free bottle. Just pay shipping and processing. Dial 1-800-675-0251. That's 1-800-675-0251. Supplies are limited. One free bottle per household. Call now. Dial 1-800-675-0251. That's 1-800-675-0251. Every day, the men and women of the United States Marine Corps Stand ready to defend the American way of life. The few, the proud, the Marines. Hey folks, I want to introduce you to a friend of mine, Dr. Richard Harden. We are on the same mission, which is Waking Up America. We just have different paths. So stay tuned for some information on how you can keep up with Richard and all his work. Visit Richard's website at raharden.com. That's the World Wide Web at R-A-H-A-R-D-I-N dot com. At his website, you can see a summary of the six books he has written, where purchases may be made. He also has a link to 18 videos on YouTube and several blogs about Christian beliefs. If you prefer, visit Amazon.com backslash Kindle and type in Richard Harden to see and purchase his books. Individuals and businesses with tax problems, listen carefully. Do you feel like you're losing control over your finances? If you owe over $10,000 in back taxes or have unfiled tax returns, we can help you take back control. The IRS is the largest and most aggressive collection agency in the world, and they can seize your bank account, garnish your paycheck, close your business, and file criminal charges. Take control of your tax problems now by calling the experts at Tax Mediation Services and take advantage of the Fresh Start program and new laws that may allow us to negotiate a settlement for the lowest amount possible. Our team of tax attorneys and enrolled agents can stop collections and get you protected so you can take control of your financial future. Tax Mediation Services is accredited by the Better Business Bureau. Call now for a free case review and a price protection guaranteed quote. Call Tax Mediation Services now at 800-610-9050. That's 800-610-9050. 800-610-9050. This is Slickery Trigger for Rebel Road Tactical. With proper care and feeding, your pistol will be ready when you need it. There to save your life. Shouldn't your gear be that good? Whether you need a holster for comfortable, everyday carry, or a tough-as-nails holster for your next training course, Rebel Road Tactical has what you need. Check us out on the web at rebelroadtactical.com. Having a place to go after school will make you a better student. Having an outlet to express yourself will make you a better artist. Having something to do together will make you a better family. 
At the Y, we're helping build better friends, listeners, writers, swimmers, scientists, and musicians, one chance at a time. Get the gift of opportunity. Support the Y at ymca.net. The Y for a better us. And we have paid those bills and we are back. Oh, yay. <laughs> right. For those of you who are just joining in on it and joining in on with us, I am Judy L. Moore. And I do have a PhD we're talking about today about Star Trek versus Star Wars. Before the break, we had Dave join us, who is a big, avid fan of Star Wars. And of course, while we were listening to those wonderful ads, we were having an offline chat about episodes four, five, and six, and those remakes that came out several years ago. Go for it, guys. Yeah, so the remakes essentially had added in a lot of scenes and improved kind of the backgrounds for a lot of places, like Mos Eisley got a serious upgrade, and, you know, it was became this podunk spaceport to, oh, slightly major spaceport on a desert planet. And then you also get to see some of the other planets that you, you know, get to see them before they came out in 5 and 6, you know, in later episodes. Oh, that was I kind of cool. The best, I think the best thing that happened about those remakes, to be honest, is that it meant a whole new generation could actually see Star Wars in the cinema. Yes. That first Star Wars film came out in 1977. I was one at the time. So there was no way I was ever going to be able to watch it. And I certainly wouldn't be able to remember it. That's Those rebates come out. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I know I'm older than you. I, I, so I remember, <laughs> like, when, when that stuff came out, I, I remember, like, all me and all my friends, like, uh, uh, went to the theater, and we thought it was just going to be uh, kind of, like, remastered. Like, they are going to, like, redo the color and, like, you know, uh, master the soundtrack and stuff like that. And we sat through the thing. And uh, 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 Greedo shooting first. Uh, the addition of Java in, uh, uh, in a, a scene that never existed, and all the other stuff, and uh, I'm, like we just like looked at each other and go, "That was a horrible experience." Why did we? It, my first time I ever watched Star uh, Star Wars, I got in uh, trouble with my parents, and they grounded me. But I found they gave me uh, 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 they have three uh, VHS uh, cassette tapes, and I watched every uh, each episode right after each other. I watched four, finished it, watched five, and I watched uh, six to immediately after. Just binge watched all of it. I went crazy with the VHS because when they did the original remaster, I got the silver box. Then a couple of years later, when they came out with the next remastered, where they added in all the extra scenes, I got the gold box again. I probably still had them hanging around somewhere. <laughs> but I actually liked it when Han Solo, you know, was having a chat with Jabba and he, you know, steps on Jabba. I, I laughed at that one. Well, that yes, scene, Dave, you I still mean, I took a look. All... In... <laughs> what was that, Juice? Yes, Dave, you still have them all. They're in a box <laughs> in the junk room. <laughs> she knows me well. <laughs> um, Where are those... Where those remasters re belong in the junk room? Just saying. No, no, no. I just need to get VCR. <laughs> no, I mean, seriously, though, there were some good things that happened with the remasters. I actually liked the scene where uh, they made Jabba look more like an alien and he steps on his tail, all that stuff. But again, one of the things that made the, some of it lose a little bit of flavor for me was the the whole the whole the, the scene between Han and, and Greedo. 
Speedo did not shoot first in the original movie. I, I can actually show you a YouTube video where they proved that the original scene was Han shooting first under the table because of the simple fact that Han was a smuggler. Han was not a good guy. He never pretended to be a good guy. He was a guy that was out to make a buck and out to look out for himself. He became a better guy later, but that was the whole point of why they showed him shooting first was so you could see the changes that he actually started undergoing from the beginning of the movie to the end of the movie because he stopped being the little money-grubbing, backstabbing pirate that he was and started realizing that there were things in life more important than money. And that was one of the things that was kind of lost when you made Han Solo out to be this good guy who didn't shoot until somebody else shot him because that was not the original intent of the movie. To me, to correlate it to Episode 7, that was as crazy as the, the idea that was being floated that at the end of the movie in Episode or towards the end in Episode 7, when the son kills Han, everybody was saying, well, you could see it. Han was pulling the lightsaber towards him. No, I promise you, he was not. That was not the intent of that scene. Everybody wanted to make it look that way or make everybody feel that way because it was basically a way of saying, you know, Han knew at this point that his son was never going to feel okay about himself and the choices that he'd made as long as he had a reminder of his past standing right in front of him. And that was one of the biggest arguments that blew up all over YouTube. To me, that was as insane as the idea of somebody deciding to change it to where Han actually did not shoot first because, again, it removes part of the intent of the movie, which was to show you know the character arc that he underwent even just in I never noticed that they were... that Han shot or whatever. I never noticed. The things that I picked up and were the things that annoyed me was Pasek. I'm sorry. Pasek is not... A measure of time. It's a Parsec. measure of distance. distance. But that's the whole thing is when talking about parsecs and distance and time, it's the mall cluster. You're talking about that place where there's a bunch of black holes, and there's the long way around, which is oh, like a over a hundred parsecs or something. Oh, like that. you would have to bring up black yes. holes, wouldn't you? You and would then, have to go there. <laughs> hey, I just came through a warm mall, right? But then you have the shortcut. <laughs> way through the Maw Cluster, which you have to have a really, really good hyperdrive, which I'm amazed the Falcon can do it, considering how reliable its hyperdrive is. But if you're fast enough with that hyperdrive, you can take the shorter route, which is about 12 parsecs. So it's still <laughs> a challenge one way or the other. It's like, you know, hey, do we ride around the rim of the Grand Canyon, or do we just try and jump over its evil Knievel style? Yeah, no, no, no. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, no. No, 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 no. No, definitely not. There, in terms of those remasters, I liked the scene, I think it's in, in Return of the Jedi, where they're singing. It's the band singing, and you have the lead singer. Mm -hmm. it, it's all animated, um, in the remaster and and that scene's actually longer that song is longer too and yeah. i i liked that personally you were talking about I the mean, one at uh jabba's palace with the ewoks no it's oh. um yeah it's in jabba's palace yeah so uh return of the jedi jabba's palace that scene i don't think was actually in the original movie it, they it was it was i'm i think they tried to put it in but it didn't make it due to time constraints and they um, were... No, they did have it um, because you have to remember they had at their disposal 
puppeteers. I mean, you had Frank Oz that was heavily involved with the Star Wars projects. Oh, yeah. And that's what he did. He was a puppeteer. So all of those uh, scenes were done by puppets. Yeah. Well, the joke is that Yoda is actually a Muppet. (laughs) Well, he is. Why do you think there's (laughs) only one of them, you know? (laughs) He crossed over from another universe and has force powers. Yes. <laughs> Breaking news, folks. In an alternate universe, Yoda is Kermit's cousin. Just saying. Green color is about uh, right, yeah. maybe. No, but he's not Kermit's cousin. He's Miss Piggy's cousin. Oh, Sorry, boy. it's the same voice as Miss Piggy. <laughs> <laughs> well, that puts a different spin on things. Sorry, I don't Holy need to go that way. <laughs> this is what happens when you have cross species, cross worlds, yo, know, intermingling. Yes. <laughs> Yoda. Right, okay. Moving right along and coming back to where we should be. Rick, um... <laughs> what was your question? Yeah, I was about to say I'm fixing to have to jump off here because I'm fixing to get even more people coming over. But I do have a question because this is something – because honestly – I was a big fan of the original series. I watched it in syndication with my dad quite a bit. And then The Next Generation came out. And I was a huge fan of that for multiple reasons. But was I the only one that absolutely kind of hated Picard until they tried to... Huh? I think we lost him. Oh, no! <laughs> lost who? Is it? Oh, you're here. Okay, something's going Wait, on. We're you, not you, quite you didn't sure. Like, you didn't Technical like difficulties. No, I mean, not at first. From being a big fan of the original series, Picard was kind of a wet blanket. I mean, you know, Kirk was like beaming down. I can, good, okay. good, yeah, they made Riker I mean, the new Kirk. He, he was definitely like a play, like everything was by the book. And uh, like coming from, if you were really into Kirk and what everything that Kirk was about and to walk into TNG, like it could definitely hit uh, like seeing being like boring i bet you uh like like that kind of like in that realm right yeah well, i mean yeah. he just came across as kind of boring and flat it was like Riker was the one that they intended to kind of make more like kirk and then you had the sensible older guy and honestly i mean part of it may have been because i mean you know with a new show it takes a while hello? for the act yeah. hello did we lose Wait, that first episode of q was amazing and like to walk into that uh into that universe with like specifically that episode was like the best way and i grew like i grew up watching uh tng is uh, like really my first foundation into uh, uh star trek and only recently literally within the past year I, I really started getting back into uh like actually going through all the the original series now i love kurt i, I love picard but yeah. of course like i was just uh, i was already primed for it True. Uh, I now, think, Q was I think also Picard, he was a, probably a lot flatter oh, was than amazing. Kirk was. Uh, he was not as proactive. But there was actually quite a few things that were being said frequently about Starfleet regulations and how captains are not supposed to go on away missions unless they're diplomatic, blah, 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 all those sorts of things. And, and you had Data constantly reciting those regulations to people. And it did become interesting at one point when Riker became the captain of the ship, when Picard basically became a Borg, um, because, again, you had Uh, Data spouting these 
regulations. And, and there was Riker, who was so used to doing all of the away missions, and suddenly he wasn't allowed to. And, and I think that's probably where the differences were between TNG and the original series. You didn't have the, you know, the captain constantly getting his shirt ripped or womanizing and, and all those other bits and pieces. But I do think that you have all these other elements that were there that weren't in the original series because you had more characters that, that became part of that core set. I mean, the core set from from the original series is basically Bones, Spock, Bones, Spock and Kirk. And Kirk. The other yeah. characters, yeah, they were there, but they weren't in the foreground all the time. It, they were periphery characters. Where in TNG, it was Picard, Riker, Deanna Troy, and Data, and Worf. Hey, guys. That was- yes? yes? We've had somebody else join us. Yay. Oh, Dan Who's Wright joined us? from Robinson and Wright. Oh, and yay! Constitution hey, and Culture. <laughs> So sorry, I had hey, y'all, some... how you doing? I came in. I came in at the perfect time since I didn't watch TNG. <laughs> <laughs> okay, then what? what is your so, favorite? Somebody, somebody, kick him off this conversation. If you didn't watch TNG, you don't deserve it. <laughs> I've had people tell me but... that about you know classic Star Trek. <laughs> then the old Die Hard which, which I loved. Which I loved. I mean, Captain Kirk was my hero growing up. So. You know, just to backpedal for just a second, then I really do need to jump off here. You know, it's interesting because we were talking about all those Starfleet regulations that now restricted captains from doing this, that, and the other. How much you want to bet 99% of those came from the crap that Kirk always did? Oh, definitely. (laughs) (laughs) Even in the TNG episode, they bring back Scotty, who got stuck in a transporter for years and then comes back to life. And, I love that episode. It yeah, was great. Then, you know, he's like saying... Oh, do you remember the uh, the yeah. dual Riker episode? Where, like, there was a uh, uh, there was another Riker... There was some, like, transporter malfunction, and they ended up, uh, like, re-beaming him somewhere else, but the original transporter still had him and beamed him back on the planet, and he was, like, a prisoner on a planet for 12 years. Riker? Oh, yes. Yeah, there was, I a, there was an episode that. with two of them. And there's one of them that was like, uh, he was uh, marooned on a planet and he fought, uh, uh, and he, they finally found him. And there's a whole episode of like Riker dealing with his previous self. It was awesome. Yeah, there was a yes. transporter accident and the beam was split. Uh, the original Riker. The beam was split, that's it. Actually, was beamed back. Well, one of the Rikers was beamed up to the uh, the ship. I don't remember which one he was on at the time. And then there was some sort of a cascade failure that caused the beam to also be bent back down onto the planet. So there wound up being two of them. The interesting thing is, if you actually watch DS Nine, Thomas Riker, who actually went on to go ahead and uh, be part of Starfleet and took on his middle name to t- try to distinguish himself from his now successful. Uh, counterpart who and actually he ultimately became jealous of Riker's success wound up getting in trouble with Starfleet and wound up joining the Maquis and actually on DS9 the the TV show went and uh, used the fact that they're genetically identical he used that to his advantage and actually stole the Defiant and tried to hand it over to the Maquis (laughs) I kind of remember that but not really Somehow I, missed that. I do remember that. Yeah, no, I do remember that. And it was because the one that was left on the planet was basically a scoundrel. He was quite a nasty character. I remember half. that now. 
Thank you for reminding me. I've still got to go back and watch all those episodes again. The thing that I remember about Riker was he inherited uh, Kirk's fascination with uh, alien species, especially the female type of every alien species. He was the skirt chaser. Yep. They still had a skirt chaser, but it wasn't the captain. Now it was the first officer. <laughs> yeah, well, because the first officer in the original was a Vulcan. I'm sorry. <laughs> he, he did get at least uh, one episode where he was romantically entangled with somebody. Very early on in the first season. Um, now, actually, here's a question. Picard had a couple of different um, romantic entanglements, actually. One of his that was kind of a recurring uh, rom- romantic entanglement, which was not really requited, was Luwaxana Troy. And then, of course, there was uh, Vosh, who actually, he actually did wind up being in a relationship for at least a short term until he realized she was a con woman. I mean, so, I mean, they, they still found a way to, to have Picard find love. And it, it was kind of inter- entertaining to watch uh, Patrick Stewart grow into the role uh, over the years. And again, that was one of the reasons Picard that by the time... Picard was never in love with Luwaxana Troy. No. No, he always tried to avoid no, Luxana no, Troy. No, that's what I'm saying. It was unrequited. Remember, Loaxana was always chasing Picard at first. Oh, yes. Well, she but there was also anybody. that relationship between Beverly Crusher. Well, that was Riker, though. No, no. Oh, Beverly Crusher. Yeah. Beverly Crusher. Crusher and with Picard. Picard. Yeah. It was Picard and Beverly Crusher, but they were always, you know, such good friends. They could never quite get it on together as a couple. Military regulations, sweetie. Military regulations. No, not even <laughs> even past military regulations because as there is that one episode where the two of them are actually joined telepathically through some bit of alien tech. And they start sharing each other's thoughts and feelings on everything. And at the end of it, they get the whole thing split between the two oh, of them. Oh, that's when they're captured, right? And they're, yes. Uh, oh, I remember. And they, they had an implant. And if they got too far away from each other, uh, it was like a, a stun gun. Yes. And they have it remain close to each other, and they can start reading each other's thoughts and everything. Mm-hmm. And at the That's end awesome. of it, yeah. Picard, you know, actually has, you know, dinner with Beverly, and, you know, wants to say, hey, maybe we should pursue this. And she's like, nope, nope, sorry, bye. That was it. <laughs> <laughs> and then they extinguished the candle. The flame went out. I don't remember that episode, but it's okay. <laughs> I, 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 I find it interesting, like how like, the whole cast pretty much they, they explored like, relationships with every character except Jordy. Never really. I think there's one episode where uh, they kind of hinted that uh, he was uh, uh, like uh, there was some sort of relationship with him and some ensign that was that was around, but they never like even Data had a uh, like um, uh, they explored like some sort of like, relationship with him and, and uh, Tasha. Yeah, and Data's love for his cat Spot. It was never really a relationship with Data and Tasha. That was actually an offshoot of the second episode, which was kind of a throwback to the original series where they were under the influence of an intoxicant, and then that happened, and they kind of talked about it later. Now, um, Jordy actually did have at least one episode where he had a love interest, but interestingly enough, it was a love interest with a hologram, and when he met the original person, he realized they didn't mesh. Um, There was the episode where he was actually trying to get... Uh, help with fixing something. I think it was something to do with the engines, and he was struggling. It was shortly after he was made chief engineer. He activated a program from one of the designers, and it happened to be a woman. And he actually fell head over heels with a holographic rep- right. representation mm-hmm. of 
went out of his way to meet her and then realized that she was a total something or word I can't say on this particular radio show. Um, so <laughs> it never totally, really went anywhere. Yeah, she, she was totally different than what he had, what the hologram made her out to be. Pretty much. She was a real piece of work, and we'll leave it at that. Very strong <laughs> independence, more strong-headed than he was planning on. Although I still love how he had his cat. Oh, well, that was Data. Data actually did have one episode where he was dating a female. And this was before he got his emotion chip. But it didn't work out because he was only emulating these emotions and these responses for her. And it just didn't work. She's like, you have no real emotional attachment to me. Sorry. And that was that. Okay. Okay. We've done so much with Star Trek. We need to come back to Star Wars. And one of the things that my son wonderfully had actually pointed out to me is that the number of airtime, you know, number of hours that you can sit down and watch Star Trek or you can watch Star Wars, there is a huge difference between them. And I want to know what you guys think about the idea that Star Wars has been mainly film. I mean, its television has been animated. There hasn't been any live um, television series. There's been a couple of movies for television mm-hmm. that they've done. I mean, The Battle for Endor was one of those. I do remember that one. But in general, Star Wars has only got a couple of hours that you can sit down and watch. Star Trek has got countless. I mean, is it possible that the reason why we have this difference between the influence is because Star Trek was television? It became movies much later. Don't underestimate the Force. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but Star Wars keeps getting reinvented and, well, not so is Star Trek, but... No, I mean, honestly, that, that you may have a valid point there. I mean, because it's like you said, it, it, it impacted your childhood because it was a weekly ritual. It wasn't something, I mean, and let's face it, back then movies didn't come out the way they do now. I mean, these, these kids now that Disney has taken over the franchise and already mapped out everything that they're going to do, they're going to get spoiled because there's going to be some form of Star, Star Wars movie every year. I mean, think of the gap between episodes four, five, and six and how long you had to wait. Whereas with Star Trek, all you had to do was wait another week. And you, you got to form all these memories and attachments based on it. And then it was such a successful franchise that they kept doing spinoff after spinoff after spinoff. So, I mean, you're talking about a 20, 21, almost 26, well, 24 year span where there was not a time that something related to Star Trek was not on TV. Now, some people say that Enterprise shouldn't count. I happen to actually like the show, other than the fact that it kind of shot a hole in all the beginning storylines of the original series, like the fact that when they originally met the Romulans in the original series, they didn't have the the video screens yet. They only communicated by radio. So nobody realized that they looked exactly like the Vulcans until some point in the, in the original series. So, I mean, there were all kinds of things that were wrong with Enterprise. But if you put all of that aside, it, in, in and of itself, it was an okay show. It didn't do very well. And I think part of the reasons it didn't was because they left some of the formula behind. With Star Trek, you can set aside some time for an hour, watch a show, get a complete story from the beginning to end. And even if it was part of an arc, you didn't feel left behind if you missed an episode or two and picked it up later. With Enterprise, they made it a serial. You had to watch week after week after week after week. And if you missed a 
couple because something came up, then you missed it and you had no idea what had happened. And they're further down the same arc. And you're like, OK. And that's what happened to me when it became episodic. I actually got bored with it because it was like, you know, it, it wasn't Star Trek. It wasn't Star Trek anymore. It wasn't yeah. fun. It wasn't mm-hmm. sit down and. and let go of okay, everything so, for an hour. Then well, it, what do you think? Know, we know Enterprise has got its faults, but having that influence, I think, Doc, you know, I'm trying to let one of our guests get a word in edgewise before we take a break. I was trying to let our guest Paul get a word in edgewise before we take a commercial oh, break. Yeah. I, I, I completely agree with you. I think that the, uh, uh, like, uh, the, it, it, Star Trek is such a perfect uh, vehicle for that particular type of, of show. And if it's straight away from that, the show's just not going to work. And I think that's what, what happened with Enterprise. I think you're completely right. It's just. Yeah, I, I agree with the that. With, with, with Star Wars. The only way you could do really a true Star Wars TV series was to make it a serial. There's, there's no way you could. Yeah, it, yeah, there's there's no other way to do no. it just because of the way the story goes. Um, you know, there's not there's not a bunch of mini stories there. It's it's one long story, and that's that's the only way you could do it. Now, well, there's the main I didn't watch Star Enterprise. Wars. I probably could now because I've actually become very into serial tv which is much easier now with with netflix and and cable and everything else exactly yeah but with stories you have all the books and comic books that have been coming out for years and now are part of the expanded universe which disney has said they're nice but they're not part of the main you know they're not canon the only only stuff on pretty much film or tv is canon for star wars so the, can, I, can I say that actually really annoyed me because I actually loved a lot of those books and to have have Disney just come in and say, hey, all that stuff you really liked. I'm glad you liked it, but we don't count it as part of the universe now that we have control. Um, um, and before we just, go to commercial honestly, break, does anybody have to leave us during the commercial break? Uh, yes, I will have to go as soon as we go to break. All right. Then according to KLR and radio tradition. Rick, why don't you tell people where they can find you when you're not on the air with us discussing Star Wars and Star Trek and use the brief version. Okay, you can follow along with me on Twitter at AOTR underscore host. The rest of it, you guys that are probably listening have heard a million times, but you can find me on America Off the Rails here, right here on KLRN every Sunday through Thursday. And I do Friday nights with Robinson and Wright and Tuesday, Thursdays with Jen and Rick. And the rest of it is history. All right. Anybody else have to leave before we come back from commercial break? All right. Then, folks, we are going to pay those bills, and we will see you on the other side. The following message contains a special offer for listeners of this station. Are you a man over 40? Are you constantly looking for the nearest bathroom? Do you wake up multiple times a night to use the bathroom? Right now, Perfect Prostate is sending out free bottles of their groundbreaking new formula to listeners of this station. Perfect Prostate formula was developed by medical doctor Mitchell Fleischer, and its ingredients have been clinically studied to reduce your frequent nighttime bathroom visits and promote healthy urine flow. Right now, preferred customers get their first bottle of Perfect Prostate absolutely free. There's nothing to lose. Perfect Prostate is guaranteed to reduce that constant urge to use the bathroom, especially at night, and promote healthy urine flow. 
Don't wait. Call now for your free bottle. Just pay shipping and processing. Dial 1-800-675-0251. That's 1-800-675-0251. Supplies are limited. One free bottle per household. Call now. Dial 1-800-675-0251. That's 1-800-675-0251. Every day, the men and women of the United States Marine Corps Stand ready to defend the American way of life. The few, the proud, the Marines. Hey folks, I want to introduce you to a friend of mine, Dr. Richard Harden. We are on the same mission, which is Waking Up America. We just have different paths. So stay tuned for some information on how you can keep up with Richard and all his work. Visit Richard's website at raharden.com. That's the World Wide Web at R-A-H-A-R-D-I-N dot com. At his website, you can see a summary of the six books he has written, where purchases may be made. He also has a link to 18 videos on YouTube and several blogs about Christian beliefs. If you prefer, visit Amazon.com backslash Kindle and type in Richard Harden to see and purchase his books. Individuals and businesses with tax problems, listen carefully. Do you feel like you're losing control over your finances? If you owe over $10,000 in back taxes or have unfiled tax returns, we can help you take back control. The IRS is the largest and most aggressive collection agency in the world, and they can seize your bank account, garnish your paycheck, close your business, and file criminal charges. Take control of your tax problems now by calling the experts at Tax Mediation Services and take advantage of the Fresh Start program and new laws that may allow us to negotiate a settlement for the lowest amount possible. Our team of tax attorneys and enrolled agents can stop collections and get you protected so you can take control of your financial future. Tax Mediation Services is accredited by the Better Business Bureau. Call now for a free case review and a price protection guaranteed quote. Call Tax Mediation Services now at 800-610-9050. That's 800-610-9050. 800-610-9050. This is Slickery Trigger for Rebel Road Tactical. With proper care and feeding, your pistol will be ready when you need it. There to save your life. Shouldn't your gear be that good? Whether you need a holster for comfortable, everyday carry, or a tough-as-nails holster for your next training course, Rebel Road Tactical has what you need. Check us out on the web at rebelroadtactical.com. Having a place to go after school will make you a better student. Having an outlet to express yourself will make you a better artist. Having something to do together will make you a better family. At The Y, we're helping build better friends, listeners, writers, swimmers, scientists, and musicians one chance at a time. Get the gift of opportunity. Support The Y at ymca.net. The Y for a better us. And we are back from commercial break with more Star Wars versus Star Trek. And I think Doc and a few of the other people on the line want to talk about the weapons. Sounds oh, like not fun. just the weapons, but the technology in general. I mean, oh. let's face it. We were talking about it before. And, and I think we, we said right near the beginning that Star Trek has influenced us technologically quite Heavily. I mean, we've got the tablets and the smartphones and all of those concepts were first shown on Star Trek. 
But, but you know, we talk about the weapons. are a little more realistic than phasers. We well, get, that's true. Yeah. And we've I'll got agree. laser-based weapons now that are actually just lasers that can, you know, take out moving targets and pretty much disintegrate drones and other such things. Yeah, in fact, That's the episode guy. of Conversations in Science that I did, uh, what, when was that? Two weeks ago about that, Jess? Would that be about right? Something about Must. like that, Doc. Yeah. Um, well, anyway, I was talking about the weapons of Star Wars and Star Trek, and we were talking about the laser weapons and the laser pistols that they exist. If you do a YouTube search for laser weapon system, you will actually find the laws system that's installed on the USS Ponce, which is a laser cannon. Is that the one on the transport ship that has like about 30 different settings, everything from a blinding flash to, okay, we're going to punch a hole in the side of the ship, you know, just melt it. Yes. Okay. Yep. That's exactly it. And it, I mean, so we have that technology and all of that technology would have come from both Star Wars and Star Trek. They would have been shown in those envisioning things. It's only because we have the understanding of laser technology now that we've got them. But we, you, if you do another YouTube search for laser rifle, yes, if you do the YouTube search for labor, laser rifle, you'll actually see a video that was from 2013 from a gun enthusiast who got his hands on a bona fide laser rifle and he was comparing it with a real projectile rifle. Well, it effectively kills balloons, but it takes a long time to do so. And that was back in 2013. They probably have got better technology now, but the technology is there. Yeah. I mean, for a handheld system, you need a much stronger, better power source. Than so much power. Have. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But still, but even with the system that... Army, I know, had investigated. They were able to fit pretty much an air defense system on the back of a one of our giant ass trucks and take out drones with it. And it only and it only cost you know like a few dollars in electricity to essentially generate enough power. So they're not quite, pretty cool. Yeah, I would love to as have opposed one of those to players. as opposed to an anti as opposed to an anti aircraft shell, which costs hundreds and hundreds of dollars. The Patriot missile uh, rockets, well, sorry, missiles will cost hundreds of thousands of yeah. dollars. Uh, yes. Some of them a million dollars per round. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, the, the, from a technological point of view, I mean, that, that stuff is already there. We are just trying to perfect the power systems to bring it down say- to something that's a bit more realistic. When it comes to Patriot missiles, Dave Brewer knows of whence he speaks. That's <laughs> <laughs> what I do. And there's a lot of uh, uh, tech, there's a lot of research going into stuff like uh, even like transport, uh, uh, like the transporters that were used extensively in Star Trek. And um, there's also a lot of, uh, in, of course, like aerospace, like uh, uh, warp technology and stuff like that. Like they, uh, Star Trek created the interest for us to even be walking down those paths. Yeah, yeah uh, the the transporter. If I remember my science and the history um, correctly, they have successfully transported 
a photon from one side of a room to another. I don't know exactly how they were able to tag that photon so they knew that it was the same photon that they were looking at, but Nothing. from what I understand, they did actually do it. But I don't think... <laughs> I don't think they've yet created the Heisenberg compensator because there's that Heisenberg uncertainty principle that kind of wreaks havoc with transporting devices. <laughs> oh, don't get me started on quantum mechanics. Honestly, oh, don't get me started. <laughs> it's such a confusing field. I have great admiration for theoretical physicists out there, if there are any theoretical physicists listening, because quantum theory, <sighs> over my heat, completely and over my head. she has a PhD. <laughs> yeah, and I'll stick with, sorry, I will stick with Newtonian physics. I understand that. Quantum physics? No. No. Don't go there. On the case, I'll just... Intruder alert. I'll just check on over to PBS Space Time and let them geek me out for a little bit and totally confuse me. About what the hell? Why does this matter? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I can understand that it does matter and it is important because I think the concepts of quantum has come in because that's how we've managed to get things like our digital communication going. And that's with the crystals and how we're storing data on crystals. It's all quantum. So I understand why it's important to get our heads around it. But I, as an everyday person, don't need to understand it. <laughs> Maybe one of these days I'll figure it out so I can explain it to everyone else. But then again, probably not. <laughs> yeah. Well, then there's also uh, the impulse drive, which they've said that they can kind of do, but they're not sure how it works or why it works, but it works. And <laughs> <laughs> the quantum physicists are all scratching their heads, so everybody's so it's not just us that, you know, it's not just a layperson that's confused. Yeah, no, it's it's definitely an interesting um, thing. Paul, what is your thoughts about all of this? It, it's, uh, 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 it just, you kind of see, like in Star Trek, I think it's a lot more tangible because he saw a lot of different types of technology and it really helped us form like uh, what things we want in the future. Like we want flying cars and spaceships and uh, uh, transporters. But in Star Wars, I, I don't think you see that because that technology, like you basically have a lightsaber and that's the only like little technology advancement besides that and like blasters and stuff like that. But a, a lightsaber, as however cool it is, it just doesn't seem like to be like a very practical thing that we should be striving for. So I think like, that's where you, you see like a lot of the stuff in Star Trek is actually uh, fruit until uh, until reality, where we have stuff like iPads and uh, smartphones and stuff like that. Yeah. What yeah, about you, Dan? What are your not thoughts? needing not not needing a lightsaber does not mean that I don't want one. Mm -hmm. I know. <laughs> I want the real thing. <laughs> I want to be able to I stick will, it into I mean, a metal door and melt it from the inside out. I, all right, carry on. I, I I look at it more. I don't see when I when I when when I look at the weaponry between both shows and everything else. What what I really just always has attracted me to Star Wars is most of the weaponry just kind of it it, it almost mimicked what we have, and and I think that's why I always liked it. It it always Star Wars always had kind of a 
throwback feel to it. And and I think that's why I was always attracted to Star Wars. I liked that throwback feel that it 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 almost felt like it was a a, a World War Three thrown out into the universe. Yeah, it's kind of like how the speeder bikes are just motorcycles with the wheels taken off and they fly. Right. Like, those are cool. I, yeah. I, I wouldn't mind one of those. Give me one of those. I want those. <laughs> uh, you guys can have your blasters. You can have all of that. I wouldn't mind the phaser from Star Trek. That I wouldn't mind. But you can you can have your blasters. You can have. But I want those flying motorbikes. Can I have one of those, please? <laughs> <laughs> yes, that would be those fun. Those are really cool. That would be lots of fun. Oh, and yes. I think the technology for that one probably is not very far away either because we do have hovercrafts. Um, and they actually ha- so they were actually able to make a working speeder. Um, the thing was they tried it years ago and they couldn't it was not really safe to control you couldn't <laughs> control it safely. Fl- is it like a, a did they use magnets or something to get it to float up in the how does that work? No, they they're using air pretty much. And, okay. Well, but they if you are, the I mean, surface you, there's two different ways stable. of doing that technology. One is to do the superconductor technology, but Doc, for that to work don't properly. Don't get too Yeah, I know. For that to work properly, <laughs> you need a bunch of magnets around, basically, in your roads. It, it needs to be a road. You're not going to be able to do it in yeah. just the middle of the bush, a like it was in... Train. Return of the Jedi. Because isn't it, isn't it the, like the, the super, uh, like the, uh, uh, this bullet train in Japan runs like that, right? Like it's all based off of magnets. It's kind of floating above the track and it just zips yeah. down. Yeah. If, if I'm, That's okay, exactly cool. it. That's based on superconducting technology. Yeah, exactly. But yeah. they would have laid down a specific track for it to work. You're not going to be able to get a vehicle like that in the middle of the bush. In the middle of the no. forest. It's just not going to happen. You're going to have to use either jet technology or hovercraft technology to go into a forest. Yeah, so you're talking about moving or displacing lots and lots of air and still being able to yeah. control it. <laughs> <laughs> and there's just no other way around it, really, or at least that I can can see at this point. I mean, there might be might be but from what i can see at this point but i'll I'll take one of those that that looks like fun (laughs) now of course everybody wants a lightsaber but as we said on conversations in science (laughs) as much as we love the lightsaber it's never ever ever going to happen I'm sorry, guys. Nope. A lightsaber, the way it's portrayed in the films, is never going to exist. But what if ever. we delved into the quantum mechanics and took that particle that's responsible for no, giving no, mass no, to things no. and Even combining it with a photon? The of quantum mechanics, you would have a light. You have a photon with mass that might be able to do something. Yes, but you. Those things, okay, this is the biggest flaw with the lightsaber. The biggest flaw. Those things have got a visible beam that stops mm. at what? About a meter a yard and a half. And a half away from the hand? At most. Well, it depends they're on not, how many crystals you have. They're in not it. very long. And, okay, light will continue to propagate. Because remember, this is a lightsaber, so it is light, it's laser technology. 
it will continue to go until it's stopped by something. They're in the middle of a spaceship. That lightsaber is going to cut through the deck of the ship and into space. And they are going to make themselves a hole. And they are going to instantly decompress. I'm sorry. I wonder if you could do the whole thing out of plasma, though. Like a gas plasma. But the way they're portrayed in the films, they're light. They're not actually plasma. And it's, but it's solid. It's solid light. Kind of it's... a conundrum of things. Because... And get it through your thick head, Dave Brewer. You can't do solid light. And this isn't a science show. <laughs> yeah, no, sorry. And that's something else. You know, you can't... We'll start combining light particles. does not stop another light beam. They will go right through each other. Those guys are not fighting with true swords. It doesn't work. The whole concept is flawed. <laughs> but okay, but you're forgetting about the one thing that Star Wars has over Star Trek. The Force. The force? <laughs> yes. Use the Force. <laughs> Don't underestimate the Force. And in fact, to make a lightsaber, a Jedi usually has to go into a trance for a couple days to be able to get the crystals aligned just right to move stuff on the sub molecular no, level. No, 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 <laughs> Not going there. Not going there. There are some other things that I will gladly admit that Star Trek, uh, that Star Wars has over Star Trek. The battle scenes. Oh, yes. Oh, is that somebody have... calling in? <laughs> I think it is someone who wanted to be on with us. Oh, who is calling in? Hopefully they picked up. And hello. And this would be Nirja. Yes. Good morning. Turn the broadcast off in the background. I'm hearing it back through your microphone. And hello. Oh. Uh, sorry. Hello. Good morning. Yes. Good morning. How are you? Good morning. Microphone. We're still getting the broadcast feed coming in the background. So is this, so we've got Nirja. Yes. Is this yes. Batgirl? Yeah. Oh, hang on. Sorry, sorry. My children play with my laptop and muck around with my speakers. Oh, <laughs> whatever you did, it fixed it. We can hear you just fine. Uh, okay. It is Batgirl. Hey, Batgirl. Hey, good morning. All right, for those who are, are just piping in, Nirja uh, yes. is actually the godmother of my kids. Oh, yes. So as soon as I heard that she was here, I was like, mm, that girl, hello. Yeah, I'd like to first of all apologize for Skyping in so late. I slept in because we, did the mid we went to the midnight screening of Star Wars Rogue One here in New Zealand on Thursday morning. Which, when you're older, is a bit of a crazy thing to do because you, you're sleep-deprived <laughs> on Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. Yeah. So, yeah. So, but I'm in. I'm in. Good Sounds morning. Sounds like you had fun, though. Yes. Oh, my gosh. Okay. I'm not going to talk about the movie because I'm going to assume that not everyone has seen it. I've not seen no, it not yet. Not everyone yes. has. I, I, no, I, I have not been able to see it yet. on Facebook earlier. So. Yeah. So, no spoilers, just... 
yeah, it was, it was really good. And I'm a big fan of, um, I love Star Wars, of course, but uh, I was listening in this morning to a bit, and yeah, I, I think there's a, with, I don't want to go into Star Trek too much, but I like um, Janeway's Star Trek, so Voyager, Voyager. more, mm-hmm. just because, you know, female captain with, female you know, with her <laughs> Got to represent the women well. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Instead of having a skirt chaser, right? It's nice having someone who brings out the best in her in her crew. Yeah, but I was always kind of partial to Seven of Nine, just saying. Uh, okay, my husband wishes he had yeah. Seven of Nine in Leia's bikini. Ooh. 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 Gosh, even I'm intrigued. No, that would be a hell of a cosplay. <laughs> I'm just saying. I've not seen that cosplay done yet, but I might have to put the bug in somebody's ear. <laughs> I've, seen, I've gone to enough conventions to see some crazy okay, okay. cosplays. We don't need to go down that road. Right. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yes. So yes. here's a thought. Coming back to Star Wars. Mm-hmm. What is so attractive to Star Wars? Why, why do you... Everyone wants Star Wars all the time. And I think it's the toys. All systems functioning as anticipated. Those toys from Star Wars are awesome. I want the toys. I want the force powers. Let me be able to do the Jedi mind trick on somebody. What I love doing is practicing. With me, me, it's just the story. I don't know. I just... Yeah. Stories just, just they, they just, they just grab me, and, um, and and just the characters. I don't know. I, I, I you know, I was very okay. saddened with the last so movie the because stories. I'm a huge Han Solo fan. <laughs> okay, so you're a big fan of the stories. What did you think yes. about the story or lack thereof from Episode Seven, The Force Awakens? Oh, I um, definitely lacked original it, ideas. It 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 didn't. I was I was I was not real happy with the story. I was happy with the way Abrams made the movie. Um, that's why I'm really looking forward to seeing Rogue One and seeing how, how it turned out. Um, I was I was I think I was happy with Evan because it was still so much better than one, two, and three. It was. In 7, they were paying homage to the original 4, 5, and 6 movies. Mm. But they kept reusing everything from 4, 5, and 6. How many Dust Stars do we have to go through before they quit making a Dust Star? <laughs> How many Dust Star runs through the canyon can we see? You know. All right. What about you, Paul? What are your I thoughts? I did actually hear that. I, I actually heard that uh, several times where, where uh, like, Seven uh, uh, is really uh, a rehash of Four. It's the exact same storyline. And after you think about it, like, oh, yeah, it really kind of is the storyline. But how they uh, – I really enjoyed, um, like, how threatening and, like, uh, like they really uh, – J.D. Abrams really did something like the storm, like the stormtroopers and, like, the, uh, the army of, like, the, uh, uh, of the force of uh, that group – the massiveness of the of the Death Star in Seven was an uh, incredible thing to watch on the screen, but it's basically like uh, a New Hope redone, and that's, yeah, I, that I totally agree with. 
It, it really is because they even went and found you know this old wise character who's small, an alien, and hello Yoda from another <laughs> world. All right. <laughs> you stop with those sound effects, Jeff. <laughs> I know you're having fun. But I, just wanted, like... I just wanted to add that um, just with you know how many Death Stars do we see and how many you know sort of similar sort of. Um, weaponry from the dark side. I think it's because what what the narrative is saying is that you know the evil people just lack imagination, or that's kind of like what I've sort of picked up on is that if they find a formula that works, they keep on you know going and work and you know perfecting it as well. Because I think that's sort of like where um, it, oh, the Force Awakens took us. You know, they just built a bigger bigger one you know a more powerful one because well, they then, knew that the death star works like, so uh, george lucas kind of talked a little bit about this and uh uh like uh, i think we talked about this before like george lucas is a writer and he's really good at that and he created an amazing universe uh but he talked about like uh kind of the, the idea of the story between like one through nine is history keeps repeating itself and uh, uh yeah. like that was kind of the story the baseline story about what this whole universe story is all about and once you think about that you understand why seven is four yeah but the yeah yeah i mean it's it yeah i, I kind of go. see going, going back to that it's they, they they have that technology for the death star i mean it had to cost an awful lot of money to design that you know mm-hmm. <laughs> you, you're kind of not just going to throw that out the window i mean it works they destroyed planets with it you know it works but you notice in seven they did a pretty good job of hiding it as a Death Star. <laughs> it looked like a regular planet. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's like watching moon. that thing fire. Like, that scene was awesome. Like, yeah. everything, like, uh, all, like, that was, and uh, just, I, I don't, I'm usually not really into, like, special effects and all that, but, like, that scene was incredible, and it was so much fun to watch. But ah, they don't So that's probably ex- when they got a bit smarter about hiding it, because the, the Death Star from 4, 5, you know, like, Four, five, and six. It's or four. Sorry, it's pretty out there. People know what it is. So when they built the the giant one, they decided to just keep it disguised so it, it wouldn't get blown up. I guess it still got Maybe, blown yeah, up. They, they yeah, they cam- they they camouflaged it. It looked like a planet with trees and birds and grass and everything else. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I really, I really enjoyed like watching Ray like uh, go like plummets through all like these old uh, like abandoned uh, star destroyers and stuff like that for parts and seeing like the grittiness of of her life at the top of the movie was uh, it's fun. I really, really enjoyed it. That was nice. That was also kind of like a throwback to you know Tatooine. Exactly a throwback to uh, to Luke. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, totally. And so you know that there's going to be a connection between her and Luke, and I'm guessing in uh, the Rogue One movie, they there's been hints that they'll kind of fill you in on what the connection is between Ray and in Luke. In Rogue One, no, uh, no, no, no. I, I there is like, no fill into the I, I connections. Like in, um, uh, in uh, Force Awakens, like uh, she was able to totally agree with you. Kind of like, like. Uh, within one scene, she learned how to use her powers. Whereas uh, Luke had to like uh, 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 go like meet with Master Yoda, do all this training for them and all this. And within one scene, when she got captured, she's like, "Oh, I can do this! Boom, done! Stormtrooper, you're gonna leave your weapon and walk out of here." Okay, yeah. cool. 
How does she go from that wasn't quite buying that? Mm-hmm. How do you go from not knowing anything about the forest to instantly being able to use it right away? Guys, <laughs> I hate to interrupt this wonderful debate on the force, but as we are heading into a commercial break, I have something very special I've been planning on. And oh. I'm going to do it right now, and then we are going to go to commercial break. Okay, I'm listening. All right. I've been Sounds following somebody on Twitter. His name is Scott Harvath, and he is a retired New York police de- Sergeant. He was a 9-11 first responder, and he is battling stage four esophageal cancer. Don't underestimate the force. You can do, you got this. You got this. Do or do not. There is no try. Yes. You can kick cancer six o'clock. And I've been doing a shout out to him every show since... His plight was brought to my attention. So on that note, we are going to go pay those bills, and we will be back on the other side. The following message contains a special offer for listeners of this station. Are you a man over 40? Are you constantly looking for the nearest bathroom? Do you wake up multiple times a night to use the bathroom? Right now, Perfect Prostate is sending out free bottles of their groundbreaking new formula to listeners of this station. Perfect Prostate formula was developed by medical doctor Mitchell Fleischer, and its ingredients have been clinically studied to reduce your frequent nighttime bathroom visits and promote healthy urine flow. Right now, preferred customers get their first bottle of Perfect Prostate absolutely free. There's nothing to lose. Perfect Prostate is guaranteed to reduce that constant urge to use the bathroom, especially at night, and promote healthy urine flow. Don't wait. Call now for your free bottle. Just pay shipping and processing. Dial 1-800-675-0251. That's 1-800-675-0251. Supplies are limited. One free bottle per household. Call now. Dial 1-800-675-0251. That's 1-800-675-0251. Every day, the men and women of the United States Marine Corps Stand ready to defend the American way of life. The few, the proud, the Marines. Hey folks, I want to introduce you to a friend of mine, Dr. Richard Harden. We are on the same mission, which is Waking Up America. We just have different paths. So stay tuned for some information on how you can keep up with Richard and all his work. Visit Richard's website at raharden.com. That's the World Wide Web at R-A-H-A-R-D-I-N dot com. At his website, you can see a summary of the six books he has written, where purchases may be made. He also has a link to 18 videos on YouTube and several blogs about Christian beliefs. If you prefer, visit Amazon.com backslash Kindle and type in Richard Harden to see and purchase his books. Individuals and businesses with tax problems, listen carefully. Do you feel like you're losing control over your finances? If you owe over $10,000 in back taxes or have unfiled tax returns, we can help you take back control. The IRS is the largest and most aggressive collection agency in the world, and they can seize your bank account, garnish your paycheck, close your business, and file criminal charges. Take control of your tax problems now by calling the experts at Tax Mediation Services and take advantage of the Fresh Start program and new laws that 
may allow us to negotiate a settlement for the lowest amount possible. Our team of tax attorneys and enrolled agents can stop collections and get you protected so you can take control of your financial future. Tax Mediation Services is accredited by the Better Business Bureau. Call now for a free case review and a price protection guaranteed quote. Call Tax Mediation Services now at 800-610-9050. That's 800-610-9050. 800 610 This is Slickery Trigger for Rebel Road Tactical. With proper care and feeding, your pistol will be ready when you need it. There to save your life. Shouldn't your gear be that good? Whether you need a holster for comfortable, everyday carry, or a tough-as-nails holster for your next training course, Rebel Road Tactical has what you need. Check us out on the web at rebelroadtactical.com. Having a place to go after school will make you a better student. Having an outlet to express yourself will make you a better artist. Having something to do together will make you a better family. At The Y, we're helping build better friends, listeners, writers, swimmers, scientists, and musicians one chance at a time. Get the gift of opportunity. Support The Y at ymca.net. The Y for a better us. And thank y'all for hanging in there with us while we paid those bills. We got to take those occasional commercial breaks, folks. But we are back with the great Star Wars versus Star Trek debate. And I think this cast of characters, let's see, we got Doc, a.k.a. Dr. Judy L. Moore. We've got Batgirl. We've got Dave Brewer, who doesn't normally make an on-air appearance. We've got uh, Paul, Dan, and that girl? <laughs> Nirja, yes. 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 There's Nirja there. <laughs> I'm here. Right. Hey, I'm here, Jess. I'm here, Jess. Don't forget about I, Dan. I thought I said Dan. Sorry. <laughs> All right. So, how, I believe you guys had come up with a couple topics while we were taking that break. Take it away, yeah, guys. Yeah, well, we were taking the break. We were talking about the acting skills full stop in amongst the series of Star Trek, of the various different things, as well as Star Wars. And one of the things that we were talking about was the whiny nature of Luke and the slow, let's take a break while we're in the middle of saying something that Kirk always had. So... Let's just do a roundtable and just find out what people's thoughts about all this. Dan, what are your thoughts? Um, Luke was whiny. Um, <laughs> I, I think I, I think for some reason in in the Star Wars deal, the the lead seems to be whiny. I don't know what that's all about. Um, and. Uh, Kirk was my hero growing up. I wanted to be Captain Kirk. I didn't want to be Luke. <laughs> uh, what about you, Paul? What are your thoughts? I, I definitely wanted to be uh, Luke. Uh, I um, I think I, I know we talk about uh, like his whininess, but I think it was more to show his character arc of like being like. Uh, a bratty, like, uh, kind of kid, like when he's, uh, on most, I, uh, uh, most and to see him kind of grow as like this true Jedi master, uh, like, I think you have to see that whininess to get the, 
to see the contrast at the end. Um, I can't get past Kirk's uh, karate chops. Can't get past them. <laughs> they, they look ridiculous. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> and, and, and don't forget the shirt. Whenever there was a fight. Why does his shirt always have to be ripped? Because he had the nice chest. <laughs> Women like a nice chest. Yeah, okay. So <laughs> let's let's examine that. Women like a nice chest. I I did not like Luke. It was Han Solo for me all all the way, really. I, yeah. I really had a major thing for him. Like, I don't know why guys wanted to be like Luke. He was whiny, but and he had he had to discover who he was. It took such a long time. I think at least with Han Solo, he knew he was a scoundrel, you know, and he was quite comfortable with that being himself. And I think that really appealed to me um, growing up, just sort of, oh, yeah, I want a man who, who knows who he is, not as in the self, well, I suppose, you know, growth and all that is great. But when you're a teenager, I, I liked Han Solo more. He was definitely yeah. I was I was uh, like I said it I said it earlier. I mean, seven upset me that 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 Han Solo is gone. That kind of he was always by far my favorite Star Wars character. I heard that there's some kind of I I don't know if it's going to be bringing him back, but he'll he'll be involved somehow in some storylines. I don't know how that's going to work. But um, uh, from what I understand, he was always my always my favorite Star Wars character by far. I'd mm. like to pipe yeah. in. I know I don't usually have too many comments, but my favorite character was the one everybody loves to pick on, Wesley. Yes, I was a Wesley Crusher fan. I never said it made sense, but I was one. Hold on, hold on. I'm getting hold on to that classic line from Star Trek. I know that they finished me as an acting engine. Shut up, Wesley. But shut up, shut Wesley. Up. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, thank you. <laughs> I, I like Wesley. I, I, I really like the episode of the game uh, where everyone uh, got sucked, uh, 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 started playing that eye game, and oh, everyone got yes. addicted to it. And it's him and a girl. They had to uh, like free the whole uh, uh, all the crew off of that thing. Yeah, them two, and finally they brought Data in at the end because somebody disabled Data. Oh yeah, and they were trying to avoid being brainwashed by the mind game. And then finally, Data comes in and starts flashing light at everybody. Hey, you're free. <laughs> Shut up, Wesley. That episode rocks. I like him. <laughs> Shut up, Wesley. <laughs> I think what was good about Wesley, though, is that he was roughly about the same age that I was at the time that those mm-hmm. that was airing. So as a teenager, I could understand where he was coming from because I was just as geeky and all science-loving like Wesley Crusher was. I think the same kind of applies to Luke because Luke, you know, really didn't know who he was and four, five and six, you know, he's figuring out who he is and then he's training and then finally he becomes this stoic, you know, Jedi Knight at the end of six, ready to take on, you know, the great, you know, big Sith Lords and, you know, then save his father. So it all became his quest to save his father. Yeah. Wesley. Which is interesting because usually it's the other way around, isn't it? It's the parent that is that tries to do what's you know what's best for their child, but in this instance, it was the other way around. Which 
oh, I must respect that. Mm-hmm. Well, and the same thing kind of happened with uh, Wesley because he also grew up without his father and was always kind of trying to find himself and trying to figure out who his father was so he would know who to be. And then finally he realizes that he just needs to follow a different path from his father. So it's kind of the same type of character development. Wow! There. Mind blown! Yeah. It's like <laughs> Wesley, the the Luke Skywalker of Star Trek. <laughs> yes. <laughs> in, 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 like, Judy, uh, uh, I'd love to hear, if we're going to talk about characters, I really want to hear what you think about uh, Dar Dar Banks. Dar Dar Banks. There were elements of him that made me laugh. I actually thought there were some things that just I just couldn't stop laughing with him. And I think the character himself, I think that was the whole point behind the character, was to be the comic relief. Yeah. But there were some things that yeah. I just did. It was just like, seriously, dude, how can you be so stupid? And, the, and there really was those moments. Uh, but a I think when it went to episode more. three... Not that any of us can actually remember off the top of our heads what that one was called. Um, I think when it went into there, Jar Jar Binks was no longer the idiot. They actually, he wisened up. And I liked that. I liked seeing that character growth. He did wise up, but then they still used him uh, uh, to bring about the Empire. Because he was the one that took place on the council that... uh, Amidala had, and you know, he was a representative from Naboo. And oh, yes, we will go forward with this resolution or whatever it is and give Palpatine all this power. But I mean, you always have to have there's if I look at all the films and the Star Wars films, there is a comic relief on all of them. You had within the originals, episode three, you know, episode four, five, and six, you had C3PO. He was the comic relief. Yes. Him and R2. <laughs> but, but there's like, there's, there was like a, a, a level of sincerity and seriousness that, uh, that they balanced really well there with C-3PO and that you didn't have with Jar Jar. It was just a kind of a joke. Like, I mean, he stepped in Apollo. Cr- of, uh, uh, of, I, I just, <laughs> he was such a, a shock to us. Like when we were watching the movie and like, we just couldn't get past it. I think he just it probably destroyed the movie for me. Yeah, yeah. yeah um, two people who these agree guys, here. I think, are going to love the comic relief character from Rogue One. What do you think, Mirja? I will have to agree with that. Yes, the comic, relief, comic character relief character for character? Rogue One has, has it's a different type of comic relief. Um, he was so serious. Who's the comic and relief in, uh, uh, in The Force Awakens? Comic um, release for the weekends with sort of what was that? A BB-8. He was kind of uh, yeah. In a way, was, I think he probably was. Yeah. Um, it was more of the interactions that BB-8 had with the other characters. See, Ren this is what I thought of, of Force Awakens. I can't even remember the characters' names. I, I think the real comic relief, though, came when they started bringing in the Indiana Jones throwbacks into The Force Awakens because, oh, 
Here's this great big ball of aliens chasing down Harrison Ford again. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that was fun. That hasn't happened before. <laughs> yeah. Where does this come from? <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, there is definitely comic relief in all of those things. And I know when we were watching it, because I went to see Rogue One yesterday, there were elements where I was cracking up. I couldn't stop laughing. There were some just the one-liners and, and things yes. like that. But I'm, the I'm gonna was on point. Bit, yeah, I'm going to be a little bit honest here. I broke one. There's something must have gone wrong with it because at one point in the film, my daughter actually had to poke me and say, Mom, don't fall asleep. Uh-oh. So something went wrong, guys. I don't know what it was, but I started dozing off. Did you just need That's more caffeine or more sign. sleep or something? What I was mean, that? Are you sure you just didn't need more sleep beforehand or caffeine? I mean, <laughs> no, know. there She's was not something. Like she <laughs> gets her sleep. Actually, I have to agree with you, Judy. There is a point, and I'm not going to talk about whereabouts, but yes, there's a point where I also felt like um, the pace has halted. When when will it start up again? So it's almost like the movie has a breath, like takes a breath. And I don't think that was really necessary. I think it should have just kept on going. The pace should have just, you know, that's what Star Wars people are about. We're, we're fast-paced. We need that, We need that. Um, you know, that sort of fast-paced, action-filled sort of um, war or, or, you know, I don't know how to explain it. But it, it just felt like you were quite correct. There was this stop. And then you were like, oh, come on, guys, pick it up. Is it, dropping similar, the yeah. is it similar to what kind of happened with uh, Episode 5 of The Empire Strikes Back? Because when I talk to most Star Wars fans, everybody's like, The Empire Strikes Back, the majority of the time, is not everybody's favorite. It's like third on the list. Mm. Whereas, you know, A New Hope or Return of the Jedi is always number one or two. And it was just always, you know, that was, you know, uh, The Empire Strikes Back was always the midpoint of the series and it's the part where it drags a little bit. Is that kind of the same thing going on here with Rogue One? Might have been. Yeah, it might have been. It was just one of those interesting things. You guys are going to have to see it. It it was still, I think it's still better than Episode 7. Okay. Episode 5 just kind of always felt like the middle of a sentence. Like, it's not you have to watch it in context. Whereas like episode four and episode six, you can kind of watch them by themselves without any, uh, uh, like viewership of anything else and still have a complete story. I didn't feel like you had that with five and maybe that's why uh, like it, it, I'm in the same boat. Like it's uh, definitely not my favorite out of the, the original trilogy. Yeah. All right. All right. Dave Burry, you got me. We'll have to do four, five, six, one, two, three, and then maybe we'll see if some of the other ones are available on demand. Okay. Okay. Is it a date? Whoa. It might be a Did date. I just hear that right? Jess is going to sit down and watch <laughs> Star Wars. Did I hear this yes, right? Yes, I, I think we did. Oh. Yeah. Uh-huh. Okay. <laughs> right. Oh, There's someone on the planet who hasn't seen Star Wars? <laughs> I've seen the original, the original three. But that's all I've ever watched. And she keeps getting confused by the other three episodes. 
So okay. I might have right, to go okay. find the VCR. <laughs> right. What about the Star Trek films? I mean, we, we, we've been talking about the Star Wars films, that which ones we like so much. What about Star Trek? Live which films? Which was our best? What was uh, the best The film? even ones are great. The uh, the odd numbers, for some reason, just don't, don't work with me. Like, uh, I don't uh, five. Uh, five was The black. first one. Oh, five was odd. Five was, was really fantastic. wrong. The Final Frontier. That not four not was the a little weird. Frontier. I don't it's know. It's funny, but it was weird. I don't know what number likes, it is, though. but the search for Spock was my favorite. Yeah, I, that's number three. Yeah, one was just like, "What were you guys doing with the franchise?" Two was, "Hey, we're gonna do Wrath of Khan." Oh, bring back Khan from oh, the original. Was awesome. Khan was yeah. awesome. Khan that was, was great. awesome. You know, and the whole. Interaction, the whole conflict between Kirk and Khan was great. And then you have three. Hey, we created a new planet in two. Now what? Oh, hey, we brought back Spock. At the very end, we get Spock back. Ooh. Hey. And then four is kind of like uh, Leonard Nimoy's masterpiece, really, is what it boils down to. Because he... Number four is my favorite. The yeah. Voyage Home. Everybody that is my favorite. It's the whales. It was just hilarious to see yes. the interactions he, of he these characters. Uh, speak a uh, hello computer into a mouse. It pretty much me oh, my Macintosh. Yes. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> hello computer. Just now use the that, keyboard. <laughs> now that uh, Dave Brewer reminded me that 4 was the one with the whales, I actually have seen it. So, you know, like I said, I'm, I, I'm the producer here. I don't... I'm not as into this stuff as you guys. That's why I've mostly been quiet. But that was a good one with the whales, especially the woman that insisted on coming along. And then later on in the episode, she's like, well, I've got 300 years of catch-up learning to do. I'll be in the science wing. Yep. And just leaves Kirk. Out of all like the, the original series movies, like Star Trek 1 through 6, I think 6 is hands down my favorite. That was awesome. Uh, that, the one where... Uh, uh, he gets arrested, right? He gets a, uh, a, oh, yes, he gets arrested by the Klingon Empire for killing, for being responsible for an attack for on one of their ships. Yeah, because they were set up to take the fall for an assassination, and uh, they got thrown on that ice like prison planet. God, yeah, yeah, and then they get rescued. Do you want to go back? No, because it's cold. Yeah, he's like, I almost had that bit of information. He was spilling his guts to me. Well, do you want to go back? No. <laughs> it's cold. <laughs> I, I will say with six, William Shatner definitely redeemed himself because five and six were his movies that he directed himself. And five was just kind of fell flat. Blah, it's like, blah. yeah, what'd you do here? Six, oh, hey, this is the two great big empires. You know, the old America versus Russia, Federation versus Klingons now coming together and actually making peace. Which kind of mirrored the great war movie. Like, you have an assassination attempt. You have, like, our our protagonist be thrown in, 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 like, a remote, like, military prison. There's so much stuff going on. It is fantastic. What do you think of the the, the the TNG movies? There were four of them. You know, you had Generations, which I didn't think Generations was all that great, but you did have to have a crossover one. Um, And then, of course, you had, you know, Insurrection and Nemesis. Mm. Yeah. Some what did what did we good. think about those ones? There was one where it just felt like an extended episode of Next Generation, and it it was good, but 
It was like, oh, this is like a two-hour thing of Next Generation. It wasn't... Was that... No, I think that was Nemesis. That may have been. Uh, or what was the one before Nemesis? Insurrection. Insurrection the was the one, the one where you had the end, planet like the, uh, in the middle uh, of that he, star field? Yeah. Uh, that's the one where, like, at the end of the movie, doesn't Riker have to manually uh, maneuver the ship in, like, this Logitech uh, uh, joystick, computer joystick comes out of the uh, comes out of the floor? Yes, that's the, um, it, it's the battle, the battleship, yeah. That's that one. That mm. just killed me. Could not get past that thing. Church yeah. Films. Well, that's something that they kind of uh, went backwards with when the, it came to Voyager, because... Yeah, the one guy that designed the new shuttlecraft, and he was like, I'm tired of tapping on, you know, keyboards and whatnot to move this thing. I'd rather actually, like, move it with, you know, a control arm or a joystick. And he reworks that one shuttle to be like that. And so I guess in the Next but Generation movies, they brought awesome. it back. First Contact was cool, because you had Oh, four. yes. Yeah. That was, was good. I liked First Contact. <laughs> you know, what do you think of... What do you think of the the newest, uh, uh, like, uh, going from, like, the 2009 Star Trek and hey Into guys. Darkness and beyond? Hey, guys. We have about five minutes left. Neerja, why don't you I'm... get a comment in? Paul, finish up what you're saying. And then we're going to take, take do one more thing. Oh, okay. thank you. Um, but I'm, I'm all good. I actually did, didn't really enjoy the the old Star Trek movies. Um, but I enjoyed the new ones a lot more. And I think the um, little bit of tension between Spock and is it O'Hara? O'Hara. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Sorry. I never pronounced the name properly, and I apologize. Um, that that really, like, um, you know, that sparked a little bit of interest for me. I thought, ooh, I never really thought of him as um, someone who would, you know, well, I suppose they do have the Ponfa, so I should, you know, I should move along from that. But yeah, <laughs> that, that's 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 uh, yeah, that's Star Trek for me, Spock, and you know the movies. But I really, I really enjoy, I really enjoy the new ones more because I think again it comes down to the acting, and you know how we talked earlier about you know Shatner and and that delayed speech sort of thing. I really enjoyed the new ones better, just just the modern actors. And the way that they bring the characters to life was more enjoyable for me. And they still paid homage to the original series, which was awesome. So, okay, yeah, exactly. Paul, do and you want to? Oh my god, have a wrap up? Yeah, I think of all the Star Trek movies, it's uh, like in order: it's uh, Star Trek Six, Star Trek Two, then Into Darkness, and then the J.J. Abrams uh, Star Trek. Yeah, I think, uh, like uh, six and two are by far my favorite out of the entire franchise. I would definitely kind of have to agree with you, but I'd toss in four because four was actually the f- my first exposure to Star Trek. Growing up, was we went and saw New Hope, and I knew nothing about Star Trek when I was a kid until that point, and I saw <laughs> New Hope. Oh, that's your first New Hope is not Star Trek. Sorry. Um, yeah, New Hope is not Star Trek. Voyage Home. Sorry, I'm confusing my my Star <laughs> Trek and Star Wars. Star Wars. <laughs> I keep. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. Star Trek for Voyage Home. Sorry, that was my first exposure to Star Trek. But then eventually 
went back and saw everything else. Two was good. Six was good. All right. Right. Dan. Dan. Yeah. Um. Mm, I liked. I, I. I'm gonna go against the grain here. I. I loved the. I loved one. Because I just I saw it with my my mom and my brother, and I was younger, and I I was just I the whole saw it in the theater, and the whole at that time the whole just the way it was filmed and the cinematography and the special effects just awed me. But um, other than that, I agree that for some reason the even numbers on the Star Treks were the best movies. Other than one, I loved one. And I love the Abrams reboot. I thought the Abrams reboot was awesome. All right. For those of you who aren't aware, we have a KLRN radio tradition that if you would like to, and I'm going to start with Nirja, since you were the last person to join us, do you have a website or any social media information you would like to share? And no is a perfect answer if you don't have any. That is correct. My answer is no. Thank you. Okay. (laughs) Thank you for joining us. Just do stay on the line. All right, and Paul, since you are also a guest, do you have any social media contact information you'd like to share? Yeah, I'm on. Uh, I'm on all over Twitter and Instagram and everything. You just always search me for Paul Jacob Evans, and I'm at pauljacobevans.com. Awesome. All right, and Dan, you're up. Um, you can find me on Twitter at one nine one one G underscore fan, F-A-N. Um, you can find me on Facebook. It's Daniel Wright. It's protected, but if you friend request me and I know you and like you, I will send it back. Um, and you can find me here Friday nights on KLRN Radio on, on Robinson and Wright. And you can find me on Wednesdays with Real Susan Swift. I'm sorry, I just gave you her handle, at Real Susan Swift, on Constitution and Culture right here on KLRN Radio. Okay, Dave. Okay, uh, I'll just put up my Twitter handle. On Twitter, I'm Dave Brewer. It's at DEF041280. Um, my other hobby besides geeking out on Star Wars and Star Trek is brewing beer. So on occasion, I get on Twitter. On occasion, uh the wife I keep pulls an eye me. on his account. Yeah, she pulls me into Twitter, and on occasion I do correspond and talk. And he brews good beer. Yes, I try. <laughs> All right, I believe that brings you to you, Doc. Right, okay. I am on Twitter at Judy L. Moore. I've got my own Facebook page. Just search for Judy L. Moore. And then, of course, I've got my... My personal website, judylmore.com. I think you can see the pattern. Uh, if you're interested in any of my additional work that I do, such as writing or editing, you can find me at blackwolfeditorial.com. And then, of course, I do run a regular um, show of Conversations in Science here on KLRN. And if you have any questions about science, you can contact us at the station. It's science at klrnradio.com. And... As your crazy producer for the day, keeping up with all these geeks, it's been interesting. And I thought, I thought real cats were hard to handle. I have <laughs> one more clip I did not get to play, so I'm going to indulge myself in that. And then I will give out my social media. 
But I've always found that a ship is only as good as the engineer who takes care of her. And from what I can see, the Enterprise is in good hands. All right. So I really wanted to play that one. And <laughs> you can find me on Twitter at Jesse's POV. And you can tune in to me Monday through Friday at 9, o'clock, 9 p.m. Eastern Time for international, international and Military News. And you can also find me on Facebook at Jesse's POV. And I've got a website, jessiespov.com. I think like Judy, you can see the pattern. And if you want to contact me at the station, take a guess, Jesse's POV at klrnradio.com. All right. Any last-minute parting comments? Star Trek is better than Star Wars. May the force be with you. (laughs) That's my lightsaber sound. Oh. (laughs) No, I like Star Wars better. I had to say it. Sorry, I had to say it. New Zealand must have those animals that create force-free bubbles down there. That's the only explanation. But but is in in New Zealand too. (laughs) Yes, I am. And New oh, is Star Wars and Judy's Star Trek, so... Yes. And we're actually, like, really good friends. Go figure! <laughs> Who knows? Yeah, we... Paul, <laughs> any last we love one comments? another. Paul? Paul? Any last comments? He may have already dropped off. Dan, last minute comment? Um... Oh, I'm here. I'm mute. Sorry about that. Okay, Paul, <laughs> any last minute comments? Oh, no, no, uh, thank you for having me on. I had a blast. Thank you so much. Oh, keep in touch. You never know when another topic you may have information on will come up around here on KLRN Radio, and we're always looking for guests. Dan, last-minute comments? Um, last-minute comments. Probably lean a little bit to Star Wars, but love them both, and uh, hope both names keep coming out in TV and movies for the rest of my life. All right, Dave Brewer. Yeah. Uh, like I said before, may the force be with you. All right. Anybody I miss? <laughs> Just you, Jess. All right. Yeah. Well, like I said, I, I can, I can, I, I can watch them both. Haven't seen much of either, especially lately. Who has time for e- either? But I watch Star Trek does have a better plot line, and I watched Star Wars when I just want to suspend disbelief for a couple hours. On that note, we are going to be out of here in just a couple of seconds. Got to get back to the soundboard. Sometimes writers feel lost, unsure why a passage may not be working. It takes another set of eyes to help us nurture our writing into full maturity. At Black Wolf Editorial Services, we strive to enable writers to develop and grow, offering manuscript critiques and line edits through a mentoring editorial style. We also offer assistance on generating a writer's bio for your websites. Black Wolf Editorial Services, nurturing your writing into maturity. For a full list of services, visit blackwolfeditorial.com. 